today on the Callahan Podcast. Well, some people called it the greatest resignation letter ever when uh, Barry Weiss announced her, uh, her resignation from the New York Times. But what it really is, is a eulogy to journalism. A, a journalism's dead, and she just kicked the dirt on the corpse. It was spectacular. We'll read you some of that, and we will discuss it with our media critic, Tom Shattuck. Also, if you're young and you wonder what used to get you canceled, we know what gets you canceled today. We know what can get you fired. You say all lives matter or you or you dress up as Carl Malone and you could get fired. You could get canceled. Well, you know what used to we know what it used to take for you to get fired. We, uh, exactly what Nick Cannon did yesterday. We will play you some of the most outrageous, the most offensive things that Nick Cannon had to say yesterday when he essentially doused himself with gasoline and set himself on fire. It is incredible. Also, speaking of incredible, Bill Belichick's hawk and ham sandwiches. Could not believe it, but uh, we'll talk about that. And finally, and at last, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue has a transgendered swimsuit model. And I just want to be the first to say it's about time. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, presented, as always, by DCU, Digital Federal Credit Union. You love your car, but hate your car payment? Who doesn't? Well, it's no problem. Refinance your car today with DCU, and they could help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy, and their loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high-rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance, insured by NCUA, membership required. Okay, Colony, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. All right, so I'm doing my I'm doing my research for the show as I do every day, every night, all day, every morning, and I'm, you know, I heard... <clears throat> the story of Barry Weiss, the, uh, I didn't even know Barry Weiss was a woman until yesterday because I'm not a subscriber, not a fan of the New York Times, as every listener to this podcast knows, but I want to stay abreast. I like when bad things happen to bad newspapers, and this was a really bad thing when Barry Weiss, a liberal writer, editor, bails and does so in dramatic fashion. So I do my research on Barry Weiss, trying to learn a little something about her. Maybe Shattuck, you know more than I do, because you know you're 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 a fan of the New York Times, <clears throat> and, I'm, and I'm reading about Barry Weiss and trying to figure out why she was ostracized and why she was a pariah at the New York Times. I mean, for one thing, she actually loves America, so I figured that was disqualifying right there. She loves this country, but I'm reading her personal story, and I was hoping you guys could help me out. Um, she's Married to environmental engineer Jason Cass, the founder of Toilets for People. I'm curious, what what else would toilets be for? Toilets for what? <laughs> Dogs? Toilets for uh, monkeys? Toilets for people. A company designing and manufacturing waterless, self-contained, composed, composting, composting toilets. Now it gets interesting. While attending Columbia, Weiss dated future Saturday Night Live star Kate McKinnon. Wow. So she married Jason. Now, I I watched about 100 stories on the news and online about Barry Weiss. Interesting person. And uh, the, the resignation was spectacular. As uh, 
so many people, I just saw Joe Concha say this this morning on Fox, she should get a Pulitzer. I mean, it's usually easy to get a Pulitzer when you work the New York Times. If you like, all you got to do is write something about America's racist and, you know, Trump sucks, Trump sucks, Trump sucks. And it gets uh, right. nominated for a Pulitzer. This resignation letter was absolutely Pulitzer quality. It was, I mean, you need oven mitts to pick this up and read it. It was pure fire. It was glorious. It exposed the New York Times for the piece of garbage newspaper that it is. But I'm still having trouble with this. She dated Kate McKinnon, who's a crazy liberal, by the way, and a you know, well-known, renowned lesbian. Is it Was it that bad that she turned around and married the guy with, with the toilets? I, mean, I actually thought that she was living with a woman currently. I thought I heard her on podcast saying that, but but I, 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 I don't know. But her resignation letter was incredible. And she cheated everything right. You're right. She has a, a past being a uh, a bisexual, at least. And <laughs> she has been on the right side of pillaring Trump. She's been murdering Trump every time she can in her columns. Uh, she's seemingly done all the right things. The, what she's done wrong is that she has been uh, involved in many open conversations, including on the Joe Rogan podcast, where you're there's no ground rules where you're allowed to speak freely about things in an open forum. And she comes from a troublesome uh, background, I would say. Let's say it's a background that that uh, the mayor of New York is not particularly fond of. All right. Yeah, so, but she's it, it is amazing. See, I, I, my bigger question is uh, we'll get I'll get past the Kate McKinnon thing and just, you know, my uh, friend Alex Reamer says there's no such thing as a bisexual. And, you know, he stands by that. And I, I defer to him on issues like this sometimes. But apparently there is. Maybe she was confused. Maybe it was a phase. But she went from Kate McKinnon to the toilet guy. And to me, that's an upgrade because Kate McKinnon gives me the creeps ever since the Hallelujah song when her hero Hillary lost and she sang Hallelujah and, and cried. That woman is is scary. But. We'll, I'll get past that and get to the big question for you, uh, Meatloaf, and for you, Cullinane. <laughs> if you're uh, if you're watching on Facebook Live, uh, Tom Shattuck uh, showed up this morning, had a little bedhead, had a little uh, issue yeah. with his hair, and said, "I need to get a hat like like I do. I got a nice shea concrete hat. Cullinane has a nice shea concrete hat too, but he's a hair guy. He likes his hair. He's very proud of his hair, and it's it's good hair. It's nice hair. You're young and." You Thank should you. be proud of your hair. Yeah. So Shattuck gets up, goes to the to the closet, looks for a lid. Well, he, sa- he says, "He says I'm going to go get a hat." And we're all, I- I'm, I'm expecting not the shake concrete hat, but I'm expecting something similar. I was, I was not expecting this. He look, comes back, comes back with a pork pie hat. I believe they call that, or a derby, <laughs> as Curly Curly Howard call it, a doiby. Yeah, uh, and he's still got the hair sticking out the sides. Yeah, you look. You look like you know you're about to take the stage with uh, John Papa, and uh, it's good. You're good. It's a good look. It's a good look. the guy? Don't censor at all there. No, I'm I'm shocked. It is the visage of uh, Jabba the Uncle Buck. Unfortunately, <laughs> Uncle Buck. That's too. Man, there's a lot of people you're reminding me of. Uncle Buck is an excellent one. You look like John Candy and the late great John Candy, but hey, you got took care of the hair. It's a good look. You look a little, you know, crazy, a little edgy. I like it. Maybe you can help me out with this. You're 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 a media critic by profession. You're a obviously you're a podcast host. You're a, a, an editor, but you're also a media critic. So you know more about the New York Times than I do. 
I think it's garbage. I think it's shit. I can't believe people give it the level of credibility, the level of respect that they do. I know they win Pulitzer's, but the Pulitzer is fixed. We know that. The 1619 Project, which says you know, America was you know, racist from the start. And, right. You know, it's just a, it's just a, uh, an ode to, uh, the, the America haters out there. It's, it's a way to just kind of discredit the founding fathers and everything to do with the U.S. It's, it's garbage. Anyway, that one a Pulitzer, the crazy woman that wrote it, who's got the, the, the dyed red hair. Yeah. What's her name? Hannah, whatever the hell her name is. Yeah. She, she is the voice. She's the reason essentially that Barry Weiss is out. She, is the most powerful person at that paper. And she's a radical leftist America hating BLM supporting uh, nut. And she's the voice of the New York times. So my question to you and to anybody is why do people read the New York? Why do they subscribe? Why do they care? Why does Trump uh, uh, call on them at press conferences? Why do people refer to them on, on Sunday shows? There's, I mean, most newspapers are left wing. I understand that most newspaper editorial writers and columnists hate Trump. I get that. Mm -hmm. But the New York Times is off the rails. The New York Times is a joke, a parody. We know that the editor, that John uh, James Bennett, whatever, the guy who uh, allowed a sitting U.S. senator to write a column espousing the view shared by most Americans. when Tom Cotton wrote that column, it forced they forced the editor who allowed it to run to quit. I mean, or they fired him, and 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 at that point, don't you say this is not a real newspaper? They don't cover news; they just advance a crazy left wing agenda. So why is it people give it so much respect? Well, I think that they've got and and just an old legacy path, even though if you look at the past, it's problematic considering they were uh, largely advocating for the national socialist movement in Germany in the 1930s, which uh, correct an issue. Um, but it's, it's where the elites go, you know, just like, you know, Harvard law school. I mean, Harvard university this year is going to have classes televised, which isn't going to Harvard. That's not, it. that's not interfacing with a professor on the, on the viney brownstones of Cambridge in the, in the, in the hallowed university, but it's just the brand. It's still Harvard. You get to say Harvard and right. in, in Brooklyn and Georgetown, uh, coffee clashes and cocktail parties. That's a huge thing. The New York times I feel is rubbish. I agree with you, Jerry. Totally. You know, I've, I've had the choice of taking their syndicated columnists, and uh, even as part of my job. And so over the last year, I've been going through the columns saying, okay, what can I take? And the columns are lazy. Tom Friedman is lazy. Terrible. Friedman is Tom Friedman is terrible. Charles it's, Blow. Yes, it's terrible. It's rubbish. The 1619 thing was pure rubbish. It was intellectually lazy and does no, does no service to the author. And in fact, they had to issue a long manifesto correction about the 1619 project because there were people in the New York Times who said, We've got factual problems all over this huge screed that we already know is packaged to win a Pulitzer. So they had to correct it. The, the boat they launched, the 1619 Project, is the Titanic, and they're celebrating it as if something good happened. It's total crap. The paper is, is worthless. With Barry Weiss, you saw now that they had a, a, a 1979, 1979 Iran-style revolution, a religious revolution inside the paper where they overthrew Anybody who could bring, uh, you know, any kind of stability to the paper and non-biased journalism and objective journalism. And now it's a religious jihad project 
and there's no there's no hiding. hiding why, why, uh, if even if you're liberal, I mean, you know, I, I used to say when you write columns, if if people know what you're going to say before they pick it up, they're not going to read you. You have to occasionally, you know, throw them a curveball, give them something, uh, you know, thoughtful and unpredictable, maybe funny. I mean, there's nothing in that paper. You will learn nothing. They all hate Trump. They all hate America. They all love Black Lives Matter. They all enjoy the the looting and rioting. I mean, they all root for China in any trade war. They, I mean, they're just they're despicable people. But they have this great this great outlet, this traditional outlet. And you make a great point. I mean, it's not like I mean, you could say historically, whatever Harvard used to be, uh, uh, you know, a respectable place. Now it's just another outlet for. For the crazy lefties, they don't, you know, they don't let people, you get disqualified if you're conservative, like that kid, Kyle Kashev, he got in Harvard, then they found some ignorant tweets when he was 12 years old, and they booted him out, and they let David Hogg, his classmate in, who's who was nowhere near as smart, didn't have the SATs, but we don't have to get into that right now. You make a good point. Historically, they covered for Joseph Stalin. Uh, Walter Durante, if you're not aware who that is, Google it, he he covered for Stalin when Stalin was starving millions of Ukrainians because he believed in the revolution. He won a Pulitzer for telling lies. That's a long-standing New York Times tradition. They covered for Nazi Germany. I mean, these are the, the historically the place is, it, is there's a real dark side to the New York Times, and this this latest thing well, you're, you're, talking about, you're talking about the dark side in the written paper and they're clearly consistent because this is the second time in what a month right the cotton thing was a month ago where we're learning like their internal communication system in slack, no, slack. talking each other all day yeah <laughs> it is. it's like a little it's a bubble you know we always talk about the liberal bubble the left the progressive bubble this is a great example of the progressive bubble she points out barry weiss who if you missed it resigned from the new york times in dramatic fashion yesterday, writing a resignation letter that went viral, and it's great. Um, not not great, well-written, but very revealing in what it's like there. In internal communications, the slack thing where they all talk to each other, and they vilified her because she didn't hate Trump enough. She hated Trump. She was a lefty. She cried at her desk the day was Trump was elected, but she was brought in from the Wall Street Journal. She was brought in to provide alternative an alternative voice so she's lefty she hates trump but she doesn't hate trump enough she doesn't hate israel she likes israel she's jewish and they called her a zionist and a nazi which is quite a trick (laughs) if you could be a zionist and a nazi but she apparently pulled it off and she pointed out i mean the stuff if you read this letter we can go over some of it it's it's great it's great about what uh what frauds they are and what um what would the term be? What close-minded uh, oh, fanatics uh, they this are? What creeping, Jerry? This has been creeping, and I and I'm obviously I never wrote for the New York Times, but I wrote for a big Boston paper a few years ago, which was under different management back then. Um, ownership. I'm sorry about that. And uh, and there were reporters who were sniping at me on social media for my columns, which would have been unthinkable ten years ago that a reporter for your own paper comes at you who, who writes for the editorial section or writes opinion unthinkable but reporters when they mint these reporters out of columbia or bu or wherever they mint them now they're told that they're much more important than just covering the city council or the water and sewer commission 
they're special. They're important. They're to be liberators and and uh, you know these evangelists for progressive causes. And so they can't contain themselves. They think they're way too special. They're not going to cover X's and O's in a baseball game. They're going to talk the social justice angle of the baseball game. Or they, it, with Boston, of course, the, the ongoing racism that's happening, that's taking place. So they're involved in a fight in that way. And now with the COVID stuff happening, they're super, super uh, charged and mobilized. And you have these weak, progressive, old school liberal editors who give them a voice and say, go ahead. We're going to see this to you, the, the staff, the reporters. We're going to let you opine on what direction you want to take us. And a reporter say, OK, and they stab the editors and they. I mean, I guess we shouldn't be surprised after the Tom Cotton thing when he wanted, you know, the military to perfect, protect statues, which was a perfectly reasonable stance. Lots of people agreed with it. He's a sitting U.S. senator. He went to Harvard. I mean, he's a a combat veteran. He has got the cachet. So his opinion should matter. Right. And they didn't disagree with him. They wanted him silenced. They didn't want it to Mm -hmm. appear in the paper. And when it did. They called for the head of the editor who allowed it. That is so, uh, you, got it. you know, anti-free speech. It's it's sickening. And I guess we should have known then. I knew that. I don't know why anyone, uh, I mean, they don't care about news. I mean, the idea that it's a newspaper, they care about advancing a radical agenda and bringing down the evil orange man. That's all that matters to the people at the New York Times. They're all a joke. I mean, you named a couple of Tom Friedman, uh, Charles Blow, uh, who else is there? They're all a joke. Everyone name name some more New York Times people. I don't even know who's in the, you know, who's in the uh, editorial page. Krugman. There's the uh, oh, Krugman, another one, an absolute cartoon character. Paul Krugman, absolute a guy who's a Pulitzer winner and a, uh, a economist who's wrong about everything because he's blinded by his own radical ideology. Even or Krugman, who wrote the editorial endorsing Bloomberg this year, who had given his wife millions of dollars for her museum. Yeah. You know, in, in the end of his, at the end of his editorial, his endorsement, he mentioned that. I should point out that my wife has received millions of dollars from Michael Bloomberg. And the Times thought that was still okay to run. They're it, all whores. They're whores. They're liars. They're fanatics. They're lousy writers. Why, why, why do people read it? I guess, I mean, I don't, I didn't know Barry Weiss was because I didn't read it, but now I do. Here's a quick excerpt from her resignation letter which i highly recommend she talks about the new mccarthyism and the uh the the people there who were trying to silence her and she writes all this bodes ill especially for independent-minded young writers and editors paying close attention to what they'll have to do to advance their careers rule one speak your mind at your own peril rule two Never risk commissioning a story that goes against the narrative. Rule free, never believe an editor or a publisher who urges you to go against the grain. Eventually, the publisher will cave to the mob. The editor will get fired or resign, and you'll be hung out to dry. So she's warning. She's warning young journalists. Or something like that. Like, this is a absolute, like, this is like a Kirk Minahan takedown. (laughs) This is. I know. And I'm telling you, you, it's amazing. That's why I read about her this morning. I'm saying, how did I miss this crazy flame throwing conservative? Uh, So I read it, and she's just the opposite. She's a, she calls herself a, a left of center centrist, a left of center centrist who didn't like, doesn't like Trump, but they brought her in. This is their idea of you know, intellectual diversity. They bring in a lefty 
who cried when Trump was elected to present some balance to the absolute Marxists and anarchists who uh, occupy their their uh, their editorial page. That's their idea of balance. That's and and yet today, you know, Trump or or you know, Kaylee McEnany will call on the New York Times. They should spit on the New York Times. They're I, there. They exist yeah. to bring you down, Donald J. Trump. That's why they exist. Why would you call on them? It doesn't. It, I, why, it, do, why don't you even allow them in the room? That's, right. I, I agree with you, Jerry. I mean, I would not only would I not allow them in the room, but anytime you're Kaylee McEnany and somebody asks um, a, a, a dumbass question that's simply meant to be a barb, I would conclude the press conference and say, Sayonara, that's it for us. When you guys well, wait, 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 wait. first first you got to call on OAN OAN then then you end the press coverage make sure you call well, OAN, OAN. And, yes well you know four years ago every other reporter was OAN Obama all just had a room full of OANs his own <laughs> loved him but but um, with McEnany one remember that the the Tom Cotton thing they went to him you know he was just doing his thing and they said hey we want a thoughtful piece by you and then they manufactured this crime scene. After the staff yelled at the management at the New York Times, they manufactured this crime scene where they said, well, there were some factual errors now with the cotton piece. Now that we look at it, they had they had been uh, massaging this piece with him for over a week and they manufactured this thing. But they were afraid. There's such cowardice. They're, they're afraid. I think the Times, another thing, the reason it has power is because it, it, like the AP, the Times is where other organizations went to cover national and international news when they didn't have bureaus in Saudi Arabia or, or London or, you know, in other States, even you could cite the times and they write the news copy for you. And that would be just a service that they have. But you know, one other reason they're going after Barry Weiss and the biggest reason is that she wrote up and almost championed a couple of years ago, the international dark web, which is Joe Rogan, Dave Rubin and um, Jordan Peterson, and the Weinstein brothers, Weinstein brothers, and a bunch of other folks. And there are these podcasts, and the whole theme of their podcasts, these very successful podcasts, is free speech. It's the thread that runs through them. And these fascists and progressives, people who come out of colleges like BU right now, where it's postmodernist Marxism that's taught, that is poison to the cause. Um, so. Static. We're 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 in the dark web now, bud. We're part of it. Exactly, exactly. And this is poison. What we're doing right now, of course, having these free discussions. And so, you know, the left in these colleges, the fifty thousand dollars a year college colleges, have said that speech like this is violence. And she's seen as by the Times staff as somebody who championed, put on a billboard, mainstreamed this violence that is free speech. So she has to be cast off. And I also would not minimize the anti-Semitism involved in this. And you know that's part of, that's part of the hard left. I mean, and it's the, more, more black life, part of the black lives matter left. I mean, they don't, their colleges. And I've talked about this in the past. Um, I had this book, it was called choosing the right college, meaning, you know, right college. And it evaluated like 400 colleges and it uh, detailed some of the real radical elements like Wesleyan. Wesleyan's one of the worst. They have a naked dorm at Les- Lesbian. They have a dorm where all the kids walk around naked. It's real. Middlebury College. I think it was Middlebury. That That's sounds the place right. they chased Charles Murray out. They don't, they have a history to professor uh, who uh, I think it was history, could have been, you know, some kind of social studies that 
they have a map with no Israel. They don't acknowledge recognize Israel. So you're sending right. your kid to college for 70000 a year, and they're learning that Israel doesn't actually exist. That's occupied Palestine. There's a real element of anti-Semitism that runs through the hard left, as you know. And Barry Weiss is a proud Zionist. Mm-hmm. Again, the, she, her colleagues called her a Nazi. That's how right. stupid they are. But she's a proud Zionist. And they said all she ever writes about is the Jewish thing. You know, so they don't <laughs> like that. They didn't like that. But here's more um, of Barry Weiss, former. She was only there three years. She was brought in to cover the, the world post-Trump that these people didn't understand. They didn't understand this Trump phenomenon. And so they reach out to some young uh, Zionist at the Wall Street Journal and they bring her in for some balance. But that's as if we've learned anything about the hard left, the radicals is they don't like balance. They don't want balance. No, think of the business model of the times for from 2016, late 2016 to 2019, late 2019, their priority was finding the Trump-Russia connection. Right. And lying. Lying. Lying lying and propagating falsehoods and going with half-truths and using any leak they could find inside the White House. Uh, You know, these are hundreds of employees, many of whom were, uh, you know, hired by the last administration. And that was their goal. At any point in those three years, they could have done reporting in the other direction to look at the veracity of the Stephanopoulos, not Stephanopoulos, uh, Papadopoulos claims of the uh, Carter Page stuff. They could have, at any time, they could have done due diligence and sunk the story. Because yeah, but see, Tom, Tom, it's worse than that. I mean, I know what you're saying. They knew it was not true. They yeah, knew it. They, they knew, knew it. it. Unless yeah. you're a total moron or, I mean, unless you're a total fanatic, I don't, you know, an Alex Reamer type or, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders, bro, Bernie bro. If you're uh, a journalist who does any reading, they knew it was false and pursued in any way. That's my point is they're, they're abjectly dishonest. And in this case, she lays it out there. I mean, they knew like Tom Cotton was again, a very credible guy with you know, a sitting Senator, a war hero, a Harvard grad has a legit opinion. They don't want to hear it. So they say, ah, eh, that's not up to our standards. They are, they're dishonest at the core, yeah. which is worse than being a radical nut. The cotton thing clearly set her off because on June 4th, did you see this? June 4th, she tweeted the civil war inside the New York Times between mostly young wokes, the yeah. mostly 40 plus liberals is the same one raging against other publications and companies across the country. But she, she did this whole like 20 tweet thread, just ripping it apart. I can't even imagine June yeah. fourth to what happened yesterday. Yeah, it was shit probably, she took inside that newsroom. But it was probably building up, death, and she was already marked for death before that. And yeah, yeah. Then you have the, the George, George Floyd stuff, um, and the Tom subsequent Tom Cotton stuff, and in that, you know, people people will will blame what we're talking about right now. Will say, will cite the death of um, blacks in the in the black community as a reason why we're not allowed to talk like we are because it's happening and it makes no sense. It's one plus one equals three, but you know, the half of this is just a crusade, a Marxist crusade. The other half is just a, a mass hysteria, mental health problem going on. at the. At the- <laughs> it reminds me of uh, a friend of mine at the globe used to be 
a friend of mine at the Globe. I used to know a few people at the Globe, and you did too. Mm-hmm. And he was saying how it's changed so much, and he doesn't know and doesn't fit in there anymore. <laughs> and, he, and his description was. It's a bunch of 29-year-old gay guys from Yale running the place, and none of them are from Boston. As, but, but to me, it's different because everyone knows the Globe was a joke. No one takes the Globe seriously. Everybody knows it's just John Henry's little play thing, and they don't have any real credibility. Nobody respects the Boston Globe anymore. They still, for some unknown reason, have this weird respect for the New York Times, even though their own writer is writing about what a what a insane, insanely left wing agenda driven well, place it is, let me get let me get to some more on uh, from Barry Weiss's resignation. Line. I'm just looking at it. She writes that Tom Cotton quote fell short of our standards, uh, but they had no problem with Cheryl Strayed's fawning interview with Alice Walker, a proud anti semite who believes in lizard Illuminati. (laughs) She writes, the paper of record is more and more the record of those living in a distant galaxy, one whose concerns are profoundly removed from the lives of most people. This is a galaxy in which, to choose just a few recent examples, the Soviet space program is lauded for its diversity, the doxing of teenagers in the name of justice is condoned, and the worst caste system in human history includes the United States alongside Nazi Germany. So she's you know, pointing out, I assume, uh, the uh, the Covington kids, the, you know, the New York Times tried to ruin them, uh, Nicholas Sandman and his classmates. And that's just one of many examples where they can uh, compare the U.S. to Nazi Germany. They're just nuts. They're crazy. The hair dyed, nose ringed, crazy, you know, uh, Antifa sympathizing nuts. So can we stop? treating them like a newspaper. That's all right. I meant. And she makes a great point in that letter, too, saying that the final editor is Twitter for the New York Times. Good and point. Yep. No doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. And it's 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 happening elsewhere, too. Andrew Sullivan has left New York Magazine. Matt Taibbi now is, you know, escaping legacy media and doing his own thing. He's a rabid progressive. Matt Taibbi from Rolling Stone Magazine has said, I've had enough of this. The people are going crazy here. So, yeah, no, it is happening. There's a big distraction. I used to hate Matt Taibbi. I mm-hmm. used to hate him. I mean, he, he was, you're right, a radical lefty. He was like one of these New York. Now I read him, and more often than not, I see his Twitter, and I read his, occasionally his columns go viral, and I find myself agreeing with him. And I'm sure on most issues on whatever, abortion or tax cuts or or Trump, we would disagree, but he is pushing back against this cancel culture. And you're right. So is, uh, you know, all the, you know, Joe Rogan, he's Joe Rogan's, uh, said he was going to vote for Barry, uh, vote for Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And yet he's oftentimes, uh, you know, vilified by the hard left. The, the, it, it is amazing. Andrew Sullivan is a crazy lefty. He mm-hmm. quit yesterday. Because he no longer, you know, fit in at New York Magazine, he was <laughs> he was pushing back against the cancel culture, and there's no room for that. And you're right. Here again is Barry Weiss writing her in a resignation letter yesterday. She writes, "Twitter is not on the masthead of the New York Times, but Twitter has become its ultimate editor, uh, as the ethics and mores of that platform have become those of the paper. The paper itself has increasingly become." 
a kind of performance space. Stories are chosen and told in a way to satisfy the narrowest of audiences rather than to allow a curious public to read about the world and then draw their own conclusions. I was always taught that journalists were charged with writing the first rough draft of history. Now, history itself is one more ephemeral thing molded to fit the needs of a predetermined narrative. Now, she's clearly overdoing it. They're overwriting, but the point is a good one. You and I know it. Twitter's not only the editor. Twitter is the canceller in the cancel culture. You know, they're the they're the boss who says, there's the door. I, you know, you, you said or tweeted the wrong thing. You know, your life is over now. Without Twitter, this doesn't happen. Without Twitter, many of the things we talk about don't happen. Without Twitter, Nick Cannon just got syndicated on every radio station in the country in the last 30 days. Right. We're going we're gonna to get to Nick Cannon. We're going to get to Nick Cannon because... Um, how did he get famous? Who the hell is? Oh, hold on, hold on. I want to. We we were talking about that this morning. How we get famous? Who he is? But one more, uh, Andrew Sullivan. You're right. Andrew Sullivan quit New York Magazine. He'll he'll remain. He'll he'll be as powerful as ever. But he couldn't work for that rag anymore. And the my favorite cancel culture story uh, lately. I shouldn't say my favorite. The, the most the funniest is the curator of the San Francisco Museum. Did you see this? Was forced yeah. to resign. Because he said he was still going to accept the work of white people. He was then <laughs> called a white supremacist and forced to resign his job at the San Francisco Museum. That's a little silly. That is, you know, that's almost at the margins. We'll just dismiss that. He's a crazy left winger and he was forced out of his job because he wanted to continue to accept work from white artists. All right, today's show brought to you by Flagship Wealth, flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Uh, we've been telling you about it for a long time. You can go to flagshipwealth.com slash retirement and request the Managing Your Money in Retirement Guide. Everything you need to start planning for retirement. Or if you're already in retirement, it may be something just to piggyback off of to say, am I doing the right things? Dave McDonough has it all in one place with this guide. We've given away hundreds, not yet at the thousands that I promised, I'm getting there. I'm new at this, but we're at hundreds. So let's give away some more. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. You can learn everything you need to know to plan for the future. I told you I had multiple 401ks. Now it's all managed in one place by Dave McDonough, taking care of Dave Cullen and two Daves working together. That's because of managing your money in retirement. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Member FINRA, SIPC. All right, let's 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 do Nick Cannon because this is the other end of the spectrum. I didn't again. I wasn't the biggest Nick Cannon fan. I learned what I've learned about him from Howard Stern. He used to be on with Howie Hamptons all the time. He was on Howard's show, that annoying, stupid, uh, whatever it was called. What was the Stern show that he that he talked about nonstop because they gave him ten million bucks? America, America's, America's got talent. Yep. America's got AGT. Oh. AGT. Anytime Stern. Anytime Howie Hamptons went off on telling his stories about AGT, it was hit the button because it was just tedious and he did it for the money. But anyway, Nick Cannon was this guy. Nick Cannon's a former rapper, comedian, podcaster, everything. He's done it all. He continues to do it all. He, he was married to Mariah Carey. Okay. Um, he uh, He's the host of Masked Singer, the dumbest whatever reality show of all time. I only saw clips of it like when Sarah Palin was on. Have you seen the Masked Singer, where Singer sings? Thing. I yeah. get 
I, I don't like those any of those shows. I've me never either. watched entire American Idol proudly. I, you know, me either. But they're big, and Nick Cannon was a big part of it. So anyway, that we've talked nonstop here and on the radio and everywhere else about the overreach the of of the cancel culture. People are getting like the San Francisco Museum guy. Uh, or, you know, getting canceled for just the most absurd reasons, you know, for a tweet from when they were 12 years old or a uh, off-color joke in their past and they're getting canceled. I'm going to tell you about someone in this day and age who's getting canceled because he deserves to get canceled. This is old school, man. This is stuff that, uh, you know, even in the old days, you know, when Howard Stern was in blackface, using the N-word or, uh, you know, when Jimmy Kimmel was dressed as Carl Malone or when, uh, you know, Archie Bunker was the uh, all in the family was number one or Blazing Saddles was acceptable. Even in those days, this would have gotten you canceled. What Nick Cannon said yesterday, if you missed it, he basically said white people, because they have light skin, have no compassion and are savages. Savages <laughs> is the word he used. But let's listen to some of Nick Cannon and tell me how he's going to get out of this one. Then let's go. Let's let's go to what it really is. Then when we talk about the power of melanated people, when we talk mm-hmm. about who we really are as guys and, and right. understanding that our melanin is so power and it connects us in a way that the reason why they fear black, the reason why they fear is because they the lack that they have of it. So then when you see what, you know, Dr. Uh, Francis C. Wellesley talked about is that fear in that, that, that uh, genetic that annihilation. Mm-hmm. Of when you have a person that has, ha- has the lack of pigment, the right. lack of melanin, right. that they know that they will be annihilated. So therefore, however they got the power, they, they, they have the lack of compassion mm-hmm. that mel- melanin comes with compassion melanin comes with soul that mm-hmm. we call it we call it soul we soul brothers and sisters that's the melanin that connects us. Right. so the people that don't have it have are are a little and I'm, I'm gonna say this carefully <laughs> a little less and, and 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 where the term actually comes from because i'm bringing it all the way back around okay. to, to minister to where they may not have the compassion or the the when they were sent to the mountains of Caucasus, when they, when they didn't have the power of the sun, that was that the sun then started to deteriorate Mm -hmm. them. So then they're acting out of fear. They're acting out of low self-esteem. They're acting out of a a deficiency. Mm -hmm. So therefore the only way that they can act is evil. The only way they can, they, they have to rob, steal, rape, kill, and fight or flight okay. in, or, in order to survive. Exactly. So then these people who didn't have what we had, and when I say we, I speak of the mm-hmm. melanated people. Right. They had to be savages. They had to be barbaric. They had, because they're in these Nordic mountains, they're in these rough uh, torrential environments. Mm. So they, they're acting as animals. Right. So they're the ones that are actually closer to animals. They're the ones that are actually the true savages. And then they built up such this, this, I don't want to say warrior, but they built up such this, this, this conquering, mm-hmm. uh, barbaric mentality. As a uh, non-melanated savage, I would like to say that I like that show. That sounds interesting. (laughs) I I don't want to. 
in the old days, we had Jimmy the Greek, you know, said slaves were bred. That day, canceled, gone. Never saw him again. Al Campanis said, you know, they don't have the essentials to do the job. That's why there were no black general managers. Gone. Even in those days. I mean, let's be honest. Some people deserve to get canceled. This guy in, 2000, in 2020, um, a guy who's a big star in the media, like, again, a host a host of mass singer, host of AGT, podcaster, comedian, uh, a million different things, rapper, famous, rich, you know, successful, young. He just went on his podcast <laughs> called the Canon, whatever it's called, Canon Cast, um, and said, white people are savages. White people are savages because they don't have the, whatever, the melatonin. Yes. The melatonin. I mean, they have to. To rob, steal, rape, kill in order to survive. They have to be evil. That's what he just said. Um, Viacom, <laughs> CBS Viacom announced they're, they're terminating him um, immediately, obviously. I know what he said is fundamentally, by definition, obviously it's racist. It's by definition, it sounds like black supremacist. Um, that's, that's exactly what it is. Yes, no, it's just on the on the merits, certainly. But you know, I don't. I'm not offended. He's just a guy who hates white people, and it. You know, it's interesting that the non melatonin savages voted for a, an African American twice um, as president of the United States. You'd figure that that would be not in their best interest if they had all the fears and and concerns that he suggested they did. But um, I, I I was entertained by his his screed, and it's at least it's I'll take. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yep. We're going to leave it up to Tom Shattuck. He's going to handle this part of the program. Uh, you're about to defend Nick Cannon's uh, point of view that white people, because they don't have the melaton, melaton, whatever, they're savages who act evil, <laughs> rape, kill, and murder, rape, kill, torture. You know uh, very well what happened. Let's go. Let's get here, here. Chad. This, this is, is going to be good. You should have saved this for the burn barrel. I don't know why you're giving this to us. You know what happened in the caucuses, Jerry. Don't hide it. You know what we did up there. Nordic, Nordic, in the, the Nordic people had to kill and act evil because the sun gives you compassion. Yes. I mean, this is off yeah. the rails stuff. This exposes him as a complete nut and a moron, by the way, because he thought he could say it. Oh, hold on. He thought he could say it carefully let me just say this carefully white people are evil who rape kill and torture because they're evil okay i'm glad you were careful about it nick i'd hate to hear him if he were careless <laughs> go ahead let's hear tom shaddock's we got it for you folks tom shaddock's defense of nick cannon let's my friend it. nick cannon is uh is thankfully is an eyewitness to what happened in the caucuses those many centuries ago and I have to admit, as a um, non-melatonin person, that it's all true. It's all true. It's, um, we are angry at the lack of sunlight in the mountaintop. And uh, that's what this is all about. So now we can we move on now? You know, so this is it. You got us. That's it. That's my it. Favorite, my favorite quote from Braveheart. Uh, you know, I got, I got lots of quotes from Braveheart when they're talking to the queen or the princess and they change the language to whatever French or I don't know. So it's because they think he won't understand. And the, and the guard says he's lying. He's a savage. And, and uh, Mel Braveheart, William Wallace says, uh, uh, I'm, you're right. I am a savage, but I never lie. And he was a savage. William Wallace was a savage. He killed, he killed Englishmen for fun. 
anyway. Yeah. Because well, now we know why, because he lived in Scotland, didn't get enough sun. When you don't get enough sun, you're a savage <laughs> who kills for fun. That's right. what, what is the latest, Dave? What is the latest? What the hell is his job that he's lost? Is it the podcast or is well, it? I think the- no, I think the podcast he owns outright. But okay, here's- so he can continue to do that. And Tom all, Shattuck is already into, subscribed. To put, it, to put it into real perspective, you can't turn on a radio or turn on your TV and not see Ryan Seacrest. Right. That's what Nick Cannon was heading toward. If he already wasn't considered the same, like he has five hundred jobs. The reason why the Viacom thing's so huge. He's worked alongside Viacom since he was 16 years old. Hmm. 16. He was working alongside Nickelodeon. They get the first right of everything he does. He's like a board member. He, he's a part of budget discussions. He's, he actually, they wrote a glowing piece about him just a month ago because he financed a lot of his shit when he was like 21 years old. So I he was know, a He's he's um, self-made for the most part. Here's my thing, to be serious, how far is that from the uh, from this assumption now, which mainstream America and certainly America, corporate America has um has assumed and taken as truth that we're a country based on racism, built on racism, that we practice it day to day. We've already condemned ourselves for this in in mainstream the MLB, the NBA. You know, it's we've already suggested this is true. That's why you have to in Wellesley, you have to take one knee into the black power thing because you're admitting, yes, I finally admit black lives matter, because until you showed me until I saw this guy die, I never thought it was so because of the caucuses or whatever reason. So, I mean, how far is what he's doing from what we're all agreeing to already? I think we've entered this. I, I, I don't think that even the craziest, you know, white liberal New York Times reader doesn't think black people are superior because generations ago they had more sun. Does anyone, I mean, here's, here's the problem. Here's the problem that Nick Cannon has. And I, obviously he's got a lot of problems. I'm going to guess I, we used to talk about this Minahan and I, I I explained to him when he was a young up and coming radio guy, how it works is some days after a show, you go home with that lump in your stomach that you said that you may have crossed the line. You said something you shouldn't have said, and you're waiting in the old days, you were waiting for the phone calls, the emails. Now it's you're waiting for the Twitter mob to come swooping down and try to rip the flesh from your bones. That's how it works. If you do a good job, you walk away uh, every day with some kind of queasy feeling like maybe you went too far. Um, as, as Kirk points out, if you're, uh, you know, Mike Greenberg, you never have that feeling. You go home, you feel great. You never worry about the mob. Anyway, Nick Cannon went home yesterday after that outrageous podcast and said, I'm done. My life is over. And he's right. He's right. There's, he's already lost the, is it the mass singer job? What job did he lose? Viacom fired him from whatever. He's got a hundred jobs. He's going to lose them all except the podcast. And maybe that's how he'll make his living now because people want to tune in. Here's the big problem though. And it's the same one Deshaun Jackson and Steven Jackson have is when you can't, be a reasonable, rational, rational person and follow the minister. You can't follow Louis Farrakhan. You can't follow Farrakhan, the word of Farrakhan, and be accepted in polite society. I mean, at least not to me. I mean, he's he he called Hitler a great man. He calls yeah. Jews he calls Jews cockroaches and bloodsuckers. Yeah. He's a virulent anti-Semite. He's a racist. He's a vile human being. I mean, Barack Obama can march with him, I guess, and he could get away with it. But well, remember, the, the, going back to your press conversation, remember that picture with, with Obama and Farrakhan was hidden. 
Correct. media for eight years. Yes, they, they hid it to protect Obama. Um, this, I don't think anyone's going to protect Nick Cannon, but doesn't it sound like he got this crazy idea from a Farrakhan lecture or sermon? Of course, that's where it's, that's where it came from. Um, and he'll say, just like Deshaun Jackson, he'll act like Farrakhan is somehow a respected minister when he's a fanatical, you know, racist and anti-Semite. Um, you can't espouse his views and survive in mainstream media. I mean, maybe you can give speeches, maybe you can do a podcast, but you can't host the freaking masked singer if well, you're quoting, you know, Louis Farrakhan. Why can't you? You just said, first of all, well, he can, first of all, right now he can, right? So I actually don't know exactly. Viacom uh, owns a lot of stations that he produces shows for or hosts. The, the Ma- Fox and the Masked Singer are not one of them. So at, at some point, maybe Fox is going to come out and say that he can no longer host that show. They haven't, oh, haven't yet. He's, he hosts a show called Wild, Wild and Out, right? And that's he self-financed it, all this stuff. It's on MTV, which is owned by Viacom. That clearly has been canceled now. Because they want nothing to do with him. But he, like I said, he was a board member. He was so influential with Nickelodeon for like 15 years. He's only, he's only like 38 or 39. He's 39. Yeah, he's 39 years old. So we don't know all the jobs that he's, you know, that he's going to have. Well, to- here's, here's the announcement from uh, Viacom late, late last night. They terminated their relationship with Nick Cannon. It says, quote, Viacom condemns bigotry of any kind. And we categorically, de- categorically denounce all forms of anti-Semitism. We've spoken with Nick Cannon, Cannon about the episode of his podcast, Cannon's Class on YouTube, which promoted hateful speech and spread anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. I didn't even now hear that, anti-Semitism. I just heard that's the true. But, but what happened to the anti-white racism? They kind of ignore that. Maybe that's uncomfortable to them. And they focus on the anti-Semitism. He's calling white people savages. <laughs> <laughs> How, well, I mean, that, you know, in a way, this guy can, yesterday, yesterday, just so you can put this into perspective to some degree, he was playing top 40 and doing those stupid little ins and out bits of songs. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the guy who spilled hot coffee on him is suing McDonald's now and shit like that. He did that corny type of radio show for five hours yesterday and then recorded a podcast like this. Who's the guy with him? Do we know the guy who was nodding along with him? I like that guy, too. Yeah, yeah he's he, in. Might, he might be in some trouble, too, but we'll see. Going, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what the defense will be. I'll have to find out what Howie Hamptons has to say about this today. That's his guy, his buddy. We'll find out how you defend him. It's it's mainstreamed what he's saying. He just added characters in the, a, a literal backstory that's uh, wacky with this craziness about the caucuses and melatonin and all that stuff. But but you know, I I got in a, somehow in my life now I I'm, I got in a spat with Plymouth Plantation yesterday on Twitter, right. um, which is now Plymouth Patuxet. Jerry, which totally makes sense, I think. Everybody knows what he protects it is. And their first paragraph of their press release talking about the name change says, as our nation faces a pandemic and economic crisis, a reckoning with racial injustice and a highly charged election year, there's no doubt that we have reached an inflection point in our history, one that raises necessary and at times painful discussions. So that's a museum that sh- that has actors playing early settlers who plant corn but they've got a social justice mission now jerry and it's based on the same thing that nick, nick cannon is, is saying they're, they're drinking from the same well here that we are at our core 
um, evil and that there's a social justice mission that's more important than the actor playing old English and telling you how he uses uh, dead fish to fertilize the soil. It's not about that anymore. Everybody now is an evangelist for this new social justice cause, and it doesn't matter where you go. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You can't say you can't say black or all or lives or matter in Melrose, Massachusetts, or the mayor is going to have the police investigate you. (laughs) Right. The uh, the, crazy. Perhaps the craziest story is the the raid on the St. Louis couple's home because they have guns, registered guns, and we're protecting their home against a violent mob. And the DA, a crazy Soros DA, uh, uh, served a, a warrant to take the guns away. Uh, there, you're just supposed to put up your hands and let them burn your house down. That's the point we're at. But yep. I still, I still don't think Nick Cannon can survive this in this climate. Um, by the way, Nick Cannon could be the greatest example of what a what a great country this is and what opportunity the guy has been wildly successful in so many different ways. I'm not sure anyone's trying to keep him down. <laughs> I don't think he can make that case, uh, but we'll see now. We'll see now how we I'm think of it. You talk about people losing their jobs for saying all lives matter, you know, or for uh, dressing up as Carl Malone or, or for saying that you were going to continue to put white artists on display in a museum that costs you your job. I don't. I don't see how saying white people are evil savages, how it doesn't cost you uh, everything. But we'll find out. We'll find out what happens with uh, Nick Cannon going forward. It's uh, his podcast and YouTube page is going to absolutely explode. He's going to lose all the uh, like his business was going into uh, syndication for radio and TV. All those all those television stations. There's no shot in hell they're going to carry that guy's show now. So he's going to completely go on his own. He has no. I think he's going to write for the New York Times. There's an opening there. He could be. uh, He could step into the void left by. Barry Weiss, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, all right, we got a couple more things to get to. A a tough night for Donald J. Trump. He, uh, I mean, a tough night for for my girl Ann Coulter. She got trounced by Donald J. Trump last night, um, and um, the Patriots made an announcement about how they're going to play games going forward. And I was a little surprised, a little disappointed. But first, I'm going to tell you about Shake Concrete before we get to all that. Shake Concrete is for you homeowners and home builders. You know that my brother-in-law, Greg, has a huge selection of precast concrete steps at Shake Concrete. Whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old set of stairs at an old home, you're looking to upgrade. Shea has great values with designs for any home available in concrete, or you can customize your stairs with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. I go with the granite. That's me. I'm a granite kind of guy. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, increase the value of your home, make it look better, make it worth more. It's an investment. That's what it is. It's an investment. In this day and age, who's not looking for a good, smart investment? A new set of stairs can do that for you and your home. In most cases, they can remove your old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. Check them out. You can learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com. And you can see that maybe there's a job for you at SheaConcrete.com. If you're one of the one million plus people in Massachusetts who were put out of work by Governor Charlie Baker, Check it out. Shea's hiring at all four of their plants around New England. They're always looking for CDL drivers. They're looking for people in all different capacities. You can look at their openings at SheaConcrete.com, or you can just send them your resume at to jobs at SheaConcrete.com. 
right. Last Jerry night, hat. Jerry. Right. So maybe I can, um, maybe I can get away from my Glenn Thrush hat and um, have a yeah, shave. Right. See, this is your look now, man. I like this look. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got to go. Now you got to go all in. You got to go all in. I mean, I thought I had a big squash. Yeah, that hat looks like it, like one of those hats that they put ice cream in at the game. Those little time. Those. I mean, it looks. It looks like a toy on your. I know. On your I want to too. I know. I know. I'm disgusted. Hey, the other half of this, we're talking about the media. The other half of this whole thing with propagating this, uh, you know, <clears throat> origin of uh, that this country was built on racism, et cetera, is the media just ignoring or mocking or laughing at what's happening now with the crime spree that's going on. And you know, the other day you had uh, you had uh, your guy uh, Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon laughing about the crime rising they were saying oh yeah now they're saying oh crime is rising as the police are defunded ha 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 and then like over over uh, 1500 people have been shot in chicago 900 in philly and 500 in new york city over the fourth of july weekend 30 people were shot in philadelphia and uh atlanta saw shootings up by 20 percent compared to the same time last year there is there are massacres going on in these cities now of black lives and this media, this disgraceful media, well, I, but they but they have a solution for it. I have a solution to stop this crime wave, this violent crime wave. Get rid of the cops. What do you think? What do you think? My idea. You think it's a good idea? Get rid of the cops, and then you know what people do? They'll lay down their arms, and we'll all get along. I, I said this. We talked about this Monday. The day a one-year-old child, actually a twenty-two-month-old baby, was murdered in New York City, a shot, a, a, a bullet to the stomach in the stroll day. Stroller. That day, the uh, a, a, the congresswoman who represents New York City, parts of New York City, said the problem is people are hungry and they just are shoplifting loaves of bread to feed their family. They have the dumbest people representing them and the most arrogant. I think one of the great examples of the dereliction of duty of the media. I shouldn't say they're they're not doing their job. They're 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 just lying. They're doing the bidding of the people who share their ideology is Andrew Cuomo. If Andrew Cuomo were Republican, he would have been removed for office from office. He'd have been arrested. He'd be on trial right now for the mass murder of New York City citizens. The day, I mean, we were getting more numbers. The, 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 the it's about 6,300 senior citizens who were murdered by Andrew Cuomo, killer Cuomo. I think the day those numbers came out, um, he appeared with Jimmy Fallon and joked about how he was uh, uh, on on the market, you know, an eligible bachelor. He was playing the field and giggled with That's- that moron Jimmy Fallon. I have to ask for a friend. They want to know. I won't say her name. She wants to know what phase of dating are you currently in? Zero. I'm at phase zero <laughs> on dating. Uh, this is. There's no duration on phase zero. Yeah, uh, wow. There is no automatic time that you go to phase one. You could stay at phase zero for months, by the way. I think New York City will be fully reopened before I get out of phase <laughs> zero on date. Can you imagine a Republican who had been responsible for the policy that put coronavirus patients in nursing homes and killed thousands and thousands of senior citizens can you imagine going on a TV show, not being asked about it, instead joking about his bachelorhood? It's sickening. Cuomo is vile. He is evil. He does not belong in office. And yet you read the New York Times or the Washington Post, read Jennifer Rubin, read, watch CNN, where, where his idiot brother you know, is on every night. 
to tell you he's doing a wonderful job. And then you hear from families and they say, he killed my grandmother. It's yeah. insane. But yeah, and I think I, that number is low. You have 6,300. You said you, all in all uh, New York State, it looks like so far there's 32,000. Massachusetts is uh, about 88,400. Uh, 88, right. And uh, Connecticut is around 4,000, I think. And, all, and that dwarfs all of these other states where people are laughing at them in Florida and and, uh, and Texas. Texas has lost under 4,000 people. Massachusetts has lost twice that many. And so it's it's fascinating. You're right that Cuomo, and by the way, it's the Cuomo sexuals who love him, Jerry. There's a term for that. It's a very cool um, Manhattan and mainstream elite thing to mention the Cuomo sexuals. Those Cuomo sexuals, find, right. Who find him very attractive. For the, he's, all the he's, his his policy killed more people than 9-11 and Katrina, Hurricane Katrina combined. Not allowed to use yet, measurements anymore, Jerry. And yet he goes on Jimmy Fallon or he goes on with his idiot brother and giggles and laughs and talks about his love life. It's sickening. Right. Sickening, and the but, media uh, is happy to tell us that Trump had killed more people than wars did. The, media, the White House press corps was happy to ask Shirley McEnany, what, how do you, uh, what do you have to say for the fact that more people have died in this than did in the Iraq war? Well, if the Iraq War killed 6,500 people and Cuomo is uh, responsible for 32,000 deaths, which is about half of Vietnam, then I think the same question should be asked to him, but it, but it never is. It never is. What what he has done, and the fact that he is now selling a poster, he's no, in it's, the it's unbelievable. business, and the poster shows the big mountain that he is supposed to show the journey that New York took through COVID. It's because they're New York tough. He absolutely failed in this thing. The, the Cuomo initiative to combat COVID ID blew up on the tarmac. It was absolutely a failure. It went in and decimated New Yorkers, older New Yorkers mostly, or compromised New Yorkers. It's very possible that New York had its spike, and its spike killed the maximum number of people it possibly could. That The moron just closed the, the, uh, the subways in New York City. You know, just week- washed them for the cleaned them for the first time in like three years. I... Uh, it is. I can't imagine. I, I've mentioned her before, but Janice Dean, the weather person on uh, and uh, Fox. Yeah, her in-laws died as were, her in-laws were killed by Andrew Cuomo. So she tweets about it all the time, and so do others. There's another number of people that I follow who are, are just outraged every time this clown, this killer, mm-hmm. uh, talks about what a great job he's doing and blames Trump or blames everybody but himself, blames DeSantis, mocks DeSantis, and they can't handle it. They're going, wait a second. I lost my parents. Couldn't even have a funeral, by the way. Couldn't say goodbye. All this guy did was infect them with the virus, and they died alone. And then they have to turn on the TV. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you something that's not nauseating and not sickening. I think it's wonderful. I'm not sure your take on this, but this SI Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue is out now, mm-hmm. and for the first time, they have a transgendered swimsuit model. Yeah, I was hoping it had been uh, too long. It had been too long. I have the same question everyone else does. How does she look in a bikini? Yeah. Uh, in a in a you know the, in a tight skimpy cell. Some of them don't even have bikinis. They kind of sh- cover up a little bit. I haven't. I saw one picture, and you can't really you know you can't really tell. You can't really tell. But we'll see what else. Uh, uh, how else she is displayed 
were presented in the magazine. But I think it's wonderful. I don't know about you. I think, I think, it's, I it's, think it's more wonderful than you think it's wonderful. I think, no, 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 no. I'm better than you. I'm, I'm, I think it's, I think the whole magazine should be no. transgendered uh, swimsuit models, the whole thing. No, I want to have difficult conversations about it, Jerry, which means that I'm I, even more virtuous than you are because I am I, canceling my subscription if they don't put Chaz Bono on the cover next year. That's it. <laughs> I I want Chaz Bono on there more than you do. I want Chaz Bono and RuPaul and um, absolutely I, I, and to everybody. It's, it is incredible. The, the funny thing is, is it like the People magazine cover four years ago in that other world when they had um, Chris? Uh, Jenner, what's what's J- Bruce Jenner? Whoever Bruce Jenner is now, I'm sorry to miss name. Caitlin, 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 get it right. Yes, uh, is is it really? It wasn't about the magazine. It was about your reaction. You know, this is a referendum on your reaction. So they're going to watch you look at it, the magazine, and you better celebrate it. You can't just say I'm cool with that. I'm fine with that. You better love it and embrace it and think. I do. I do. I love it and embrace it, and I think it's wonderful. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang the picture of the transgender swimsuit model. Uh, it's gonna be my screensaver. It's gonna, I'm yeah. gonna put it on my wall, my bedroom. I don't care what my wife says. I'm gonna hang it up. And I, not only that, but I can I'm gonna make love to it. No, I'm. I already have made love to it. I got an advanced copy. So Damn. That, Damn. I also burned all of my Harry Potter books just to show <laughs> that I hate J.K. Rowling because I hate her more than you do. She's yeah, right. She, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah. Men, well, men have, have ovaries. Men have ovaries. Men can menstruate. She's wrong. Correct. Um, and I I have pronouns. I'm he, they, they, he, she. He, I'm yeah, all of my two. My, you know, my, my pronouns are my pronouns are mine are uh, more, and this is absolutely. There's nothing crazy about suggesting. I think that 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 a a man is actually a woman because he's decided in his mind that he is. I think that's science. That's what we call science. That is science exactly. Um, speaking of, uh, I don't want to say this isn't science. Actually, um, there was a couple things that happened with Trump yesterday. Every day is a roller coaster ride. He, um. He said that more whites are killed by cops and the media went nuts. More whites than blacks are killed by cops. Right. And uh, the, 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 uh, you know, new typical Maggie Habermans and all of them were tweeting about it. Can you believe he said that? And I'm going, wait a second. It's true, isn't it? I mean, right. It's a fact. So he said, in fact, she said, she said, Trump asserts that alleges that more whites are killed by cops. I'm going, that's kind of easy to look up, isn't it? Confirm. <laughs> but here's what is going to be. We, we think we've reached peak madness. You know, when you, when you, when you read the letter for, or the resignation letter from Barry Weiss or, you know, whoever gets canceled or Aunt Jemima gets canceled or Paw Patrol, you think you've reached peak insanity. I think the country is not ready for, um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg to pass on. She's oh. back in the hospital. She's old. She's got a number of uh, ailments. She had allegedly pancreatic cancer, which you just don't bounce back from. Right. But, you know, we see pictures of her occasionally in the gym or in the in the court, and she looks okay for uh, you know her age, eighty-seven, I believe. She's back in the hospital. What the hell is going to happen at the New York Times and at CNN and the Washington Post and at ESPN? If RBG passes on and DJT gets the name of uh, her successor, um, that, well, that, that the civil war is that how the civil war begins? Well, remember in in Wisconsin when um, uh, what was his name? Scott Walker 
um, uh, you know, essentially cast off the public sector unions. Um, The legislature then escaped, went in exile to Rockford, Illinois, and hid out because they weren't going to play anymore. They took their ball and left. I think the New York Times would seriously editorialize and say that the United States Congress, the Democrats, um, and the senators should uh, evacuate the city and somehow obstruct that way while they burn down the other cities, et cetera. And of course, of course, Trump won't be uh, a good sport about it if she passes away, obviously. And then yes, he will. I mean, at first he will. But, oh, well, uh, well, yes. He'll, somebody will grab his his phone and tweet out that he hopes uh, that her, her great legacy is remembered and that uh, he'll want to put somebody in there who's reasonable. And it'll be Amy Coney Barrett. Yes. Who is very much well, anti-abortion. About Catholic, who, who actually is against, you know, killing fetuses in the fourth trimester, which is too much for the for the New York Times. So it'll be war. It will be war. war. It will destroy her life and anybody who's ever yes. known her. It'll be her children. They'll go after her children. They'll yeah. find out. You know, I'm, I know she's a woman and a Catholic, but we're going to find out she was running gang rag parties in high school. And yep. of course, that she was drugging young uh, males and then raping them when she was 14 years old. We'll find that out. And, uh, They'll stop at nothing. We've learned that. It's going to be wild. Yes, wild. I can't imagine if that were to happen. If that were to happen, I I can't imagine. I'm just thinking about the chaos in the streets. I don't know how much more chaos you, chaotic you can get. For the people in this country who have are suffering from hysteria, who have since 2016, and it's only doubled and tripled and, and exponentially increased, I don't know what you do at, at that point. If that happens, then Trump wins re-election. I, are we going to see like a large-scale Jonestown in this country? I, I don't know, but I, I like our chances in the Civil War, you know, because they, you know, our guys, our guys, my guys have have guns, and you know, military guys are on my team, and uh, I don't think uh, I don't think Paul Krugman is going to be able to hold the hold the line if it comes to a civil war. But we'll find out once. Uh, Trump gets reelected. You know, the only reason I I don't want Trump to get reelected is because that will mean the virus will go away on November fourth. It'll immediately be insignificant. It'll be less than the flu. It'll be back to that. But uh, if he gets reelected, um, we'll be here to cover the Civil War. Um, a couple things before we go, Tom Shattuck. What'd you say um, about Ann Coulter, Jerry? Ann Coulter was the biggest Jeff Sessions fan. She was his yeah. number one fan supporter. She's been that way since, you know, he was attorney general. And before that, when he was espousing, when he was supporting, advocating Trump's uh, immigration policies, he never abandoned them. He was more of a hardliner than Trump. So she was the biggest Sessions fan. She spent the last few days uh, campaigning for him online, essentially, and, uh, and tweeting and supporting Sessions. Trump obviously hates Sessions. He's never going to get over the fact that he stepped aside and allowed the independent counsel to be named and put his put him through the ringer for three years. He holds a grudge. And Trump has not won every election that he's totally invested in, you know, every local election or congressional or senatorial. But he won this one, man. He was with coach Tommy Tuberville, Tommy Tuberville in Alabama against Jeff Sessions. I thought the people of Alabama were going to put Sessions back to the Senate. They did not. They rejected him overwhelmingly. I'm not sure what the final numbers were, but it was like 65, 60-something to 30-something when it was declared for Tuberville. I'm sure I haven't looked at Twitter just in the last few minutes, but I'm going to guess Trump is not exactly uh, 
low key. I'm going to guess he's spiking the football. It's, he will at some point today. And uh, he's thrilled to see T- Tuberville, Tuberville, who will defeat the inept Doug Jones unless the media has some real surprises like they did with Roy Moore. You know, they save them for the right time. Unless we find out Tuberville was, you know, whatever, you know, as a, as a, as a young kid locked in his basement for uh, sexual gratification or something, then Tuberville will go back to the Senate and Jones will be booted out there and Trump will take a victory lap. So I like, I love Ann Coulter. I think she's great. She's a, she's sticks to her principles. She's vicious. She's funny as hell. Yeah. Chances are Trump would not have won or run if it weren't for Ann Coulter. She heavily influenced him. Um, she's funny as hell. She's a great thinker. Sessions, although an honorable guy with a great history, he did step in it, man, by recusing himself. Looking in retrospect, looking at the coup that was occurring with the intelligence services, Sessions was the was the, the bulwark against that. And he recused himself, and he puts in somebody – you know, who was uh, who was susceptible to the persuasion and the power of these intelligence services and afraid of the New York Times. So I have I, I see why Trump hates him. Trump is not a good sport. He's a dirty player. Sessions is praising him throughout the thing. And Trump is just, you know, throwing bricks at him. And and it's a uh, it, it's, it's it's a bad look. But Trump's a dirty player. He's a New York real estate guy he's a right. big, and he just and he never will get over it and i don't know no. what sessions does now well, sessions i mean people say in and this happened with obama too what could have been with obama with the first two years what could have been if, if obama had just tried to reach across the aisle he had a, a super majority if he didn't try to jam down uh health care what he could have done you know there are bipartisan projects he could have done he didn't he squandered it and trump also squandered when he had a majority also squandered his, uh, you know, his, his first two years, but <clears throat> he also was on constant assault because of this Russia thing, and a large, a lot of that is because uh, Sessions let the floodgates open the floodgates for it. So that's, right. I mean, I know not- that, but 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 he was also a loyal soldier. He was there from the beginning. I don't think he Trump was. gets elected. He was his, you know, he was a sitting senator, very no. respected you know, with with right wingers. And he went all in on Trump and helped him get elected. But whatever he, you know, Trump blamed him every single day. There was a new Russian yes. hoax revelation. He blamed Sessions. Yeah, and that's a, a crappy part of Trump, and that's hurting him in the in in this current race. Is the fact that he stabs people in his own administration and people that he has hired and brought on. You know, now he's stabbing Fauci, and I I, I don't like Fauci. I got a big problem with him. I think for lying to the American people like he did, that he should have been fired a long time ago. Anybody who did, including the Surgeon General. But it just looks small. It looks, I mean... It, well, he hasn't fired him yet. I'm surprised he lasted this long. He's going to fire him soon, probably. But Right. Um, it's, just a, it's a bad look. And if Trump wants to win here, stop doing stuff like that. That I only speak for men. It looks like poor sportsmanship. Men don't respect that stuff. Like it looks like it's as cheap as an Antifa sucker punch when they <laughs> sucker punch and then run away, or when they throw a brick at a cop and then a cop arrests them and they squeal like a stuck pig. It just looks there's something dishonorable about it. So he's got to stop that. But good news, Jerry. Last night is guess who won their race? Our friend Ronnie Jackson. That's right, Doctor Ronnie won in Texas, and he's going to definitely go win the general election. And, and that's he will- great because the media destroyed that guy, and just for simply saying something nice about Trump, like right. the Goya guy. 
the you Goya know? guy. Yeah, I'm going to start. I, mean, I don't usually, you know, buy, do the grocery shopping, but I'm going to start buying Goya. I don't even know what they are, but I'm going to buy them. Where you go. They don't have it at your Whole Foods, Jerry. I'm going to buy Goya. I'm going to get a Goya hat. And, uh, but uh, two things on the Patriots before we go. One surprise, two, they both really surprised me, to be honest with you. One, they announced they're going to fill the, uh, the stadium to 20% capacity for games. Now, I know this is uh, uh, subject to change. I thought there would be much. 20%, the place holds 77,000. 20% is one-fifth. How much is that? 15, blah, 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 blah. I should have done the math. That's fewer than 20,000 people at a game. That's not going to look very full. I thought it would be like half full. Maybe even more. I thought there'd be 35, 40,000 people it let in the games. There's only going to be 15, 18,000 people at the games. That's going to be weird. Um, maybe they think that's the safest way to go and it's better than these other, these basketball games, which have no fans. So at least there'll be some noise. At least there'll be some visuals of people cheering on a, you know, cold fall day or in the rain. That's part of the charm of football. You know, the crowd, the crazy crowd. I thought they'd be much bigger. I'm surprised it's that few of people that will be going to the games. I'm be curious to how they pick them. How the hell are they going to pick the the, the uh, whatever 17,000 people who go to the games? Yeah, I'm wondering how much of a pain in the ass that's going to be just structurally. How many were they blocking originally? Aren't they blocking uh, behind the bench? How many sections, right? Because they want to sell ads there to make up some oh, of the audience. I don't know, but the yeah. the NFL, the, the, uh, the, the truth is the NFL doesn't need to sell any tickets. They make their money wow. from TV. College football needs fans yep. to make money. I mean, if the SEC, they, they get 100000 a game, they got to let at least 50000 in there, including all the students who are not vulnerable, who are not at risk of the virus anyway. Let them all in, just like the players. Let them all go back. Let them play. They're not. If they get the virus, they'll be fine in two weeks. Anyway. Well, well you say, Jerry, it's like you say, if, with football, with the NFL, it's a TV show. So Correct. I don't think you need the visual of the stands being full, but you're going to you need, need noise. That, you're going to need you the need- sound. You're going to need to have these people mic'd up. And so, and so how do you do that? If you have them socially distanced, <clears throat> you don't want to hear when these boom mics start, when they, you know, pot up these boom mics, you don't want to hear smatterings of applause. That's you want roars of applause. And if you pipe in sound, it's going to sound like Nintendo from 1985 and it's going to sound totally fraudulent. So it's really the production of the game. The NFL, all, when they come into town, you know, it's all sound and lighting people, you know, and the sounds right. that you, you hear the cracking of the helmets for a reason. Cause there's 18 guys with these long boom mics in the right place. And you hear the, the crowd in the right place. And the, it, there's a science to it. That's why the NFL is so awesome, especially now with, with the, with the TVs being so great. So they're going to, you know, like baseball, people <clears throat> look at it. Yeah. Whatever. People look at basketball, the stupid tournament in Disney, and say, eh, whatever. With football, they're going to be all in. They're going to need it to be legit. The country needs football to come back in all its glory. They need that first game of Brady against Breeze. That game is huge for the healing process for America, in my opinion. Have you heard any of the sports piping in crowd noise yet? I'm not a soccer guy, but apparently they're doing it in some. No, soccer they, league. Not, but, but they say it actually sounds okay. Like it's not as annoying as you I, would think. So no, I heard. Uh, I think it was a baseball uh, preview of uh, somebody doing something, and it was terrible. 
it was it was like a laugh drop on your old show, Jerry. Where, ah, ha, ha, you know? um, but uh, <laughs> we didn't do that. We didn't do that. But here's the other thing that shocked me, and I'm serious, shocked me yesterday as I was perusing the news of the day, and I saw this photo of Bill Belichick sitting on a bench, like yeah. a park bench. In his hand, a five dollar foot long or whatever it is, a, a you know ham and cheese sub from Subway, and it. The news is the story. He he is filming a commercial for Subway. So the new Jared Fogle is Bill Belichick. That stunned me, and I'll tell you why. Um, we used to hear rumors about companies trying to hire him, like not even sandwich shops or not even you know beer or Coke or whatever, but like respected financial, you know, Merrill Lynch or Fidelity. My old, uh, there he is, Bill Belichick with his foot long sitting on the bed. looks like he's really into this, really? this commercial. But um, my old partner, Dino, John Dennis, reported once, and I'll try to remember exact details. He said he was offered $1 million for a day, a day of shooting a commercial and it was a financial, a bank or investment firm. I forget what it was. It might have been Fidelity. Uh, could have been. It was. I think it was based in Boston. Could have been Fidelity. What? Whatever. It was a bank. It was no heavy lifting. It was him doing something, and he turned it down. I mean, he makes like twelve million a year. But yeah. the story was, and um, Dino had the sources, and he's got he had good sources at Foxborough that he turned it down. How much is Subway paying Bill Belichick? Who again? Has made 10, 12 million bucks a year for like 10 years now. He's got, he's, you know, got a hundred million dollars in the bank or thereabouts. I'm going to guess how much is Subway paying Bill Belichick to eat a freaking sub, sub, uh, uh, you know, turkey sub? They probably came about it on the, the charity angle, right? They'll yeah, donate exactly. X amount from, to the Bill Belichick Foundation. That's probably how they got him, I would assume. That's my Yeah, guess. but also I think the Patriots are re- rebranding themselves and it's a new rollout. Like Cam Newton is not Tom Brady. He's in what? an a hole. I mean, it, well, hold on, hold on. The Patriots are a new that Belichick, yeah. Belichick doesn't care if the Patriots are rolling out a new I disagree. I disagree. I think Belichick, part of his competitive nature is some of the excitement has gone down to Tampa Bay and he's saying, OK, now we're the new Patriots. I do this kind of thing. I, I, you know, I'll be he, maybe he'll be more wacky. They've got Cam Newton now who I, I never knew anything about, but seems to be like an arrogant jerk as far as I've seen. Maybe he's not, but he's a totally different flavor. I, I think that, that that maybe maybe crafts uh you know, like Nike Nike brand was the precursor to this thing, but I think we're seeing a, a new kind of Patriots loud. There's nothing there. That's true. I mean, uh, he's a different guy, and and Cam Newton already said he's had enough of being humble. No more being humble. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure when he was humble, but he's not going to be humble anymore. But Belichick doesn't care about that. I think Cullinane makes a rare valid point. There had to be a big charitable donation. Huge. It's, it's, I mean, I like Subway. I'm, I'm a fan of Subway, but it's not the most high minded, highbrow product. You know, he's literally sitting there eating a sub on a park bench. No, but it's, but it's, but it's vis- like the, the franchise. There's so many franchises visible where if, if, if there's something Bill Belichick Foundation in every single Subway franchise, at least in New right. England, there's, that's a lot of money that could be potentially raised. That, that, that like maybe, it. maybe it's exactly like that $1 for every whatever they sell. It's his favorite sub, whatever it is. Yep. Because it just seems so out of character. And he's been yes. offered, forget the, the story of whatever the bank offering a million bucks. You don't think he's been offered 
uh, opportunities to do commercials every day for the last 20 years. But now, he, no, but now he's got to get back at Tom Brady now. He has to do Subway just to shove it in Tom Brady's face. Exactly. To now we do Subway, which was something that was been considered verboten back in Tom Brady's day. And you're right. It is kind of a a kind of a gauche brand. You know, Tom Brady did Amex, I think, one year with the linemen taking him out to dinner or whatever. And he did, uh, you know, he was naked with a goat for GQ or something. Uh, but this is really more a pedestrian. This is Subway. This is signaling that Trump's the that that Belichick's the Trump guy. And you think uh, it'll be a healthy thing like a turkey sub or a vegetarian sub? Or you think it'll be steak and cheese? Because that'd be thrown in Brady's face. You know what he should have done? A commercial for Frosted Flakes. That would be thrown it right in Brady's Ooh. face. How must yeah. how must Steve Belichick look like right now? I mean, he must be. That's his son, right? Or is that the old man? That's his son, Steve. That was his father's name, but it's also his son's name, yes. He was always unkempt. What must he look like at this very moment? He, I think he got a haircut. Of, uh, it's not like shaved up, like buzzed off, but he, I think he got a haircut. I think he's, he knows if he's going to advance. Just like I told Matt Patricia, I said, Matt Patricia wants to be head coach. He had to trim the beard and turn the hat around, and he did. He listened to me, and he got a head coaching job. And he's not doing so great, but his hat's around, his beard's trimmed. He looks like a head coach. So Steve Belichick will do the same. He will clean it up if he thinks he's going to be a head coach someday. Hell, he might be a defensive coordinator before you know it. You know, you know, he might be the defensive coordinator oh, now. Absolutely. And you saw you saw that video with OBJ and Cam Newton ticking off the names of the teams that didn't pick him up. And he's like, oh, yeah, this team on the schedule, this team didn't pick us up. I'm going to get back at them. This team didn't pick me up. I'm going to get back at them. This team so this is like this. This, you know, really, it's a new tack by the Patriots. This is like we're all coming out as a team days. That's long over. I was all kind of a farce anyway for really fraud fans like me to get into them. This is something different happening. But but I think that this guy, this swagger now that they have, I think that maybe they're embracing like the old, the Raiders, like bad boys of the NFL thing or something. It's a, it's a new rebrand. And maybe Belichick's just shoring up money while the economy's still standing. Guys, the yeah. guy's not even the starter yet. <laughs> There's a legit possibility that he won't start for the Patriots. Everybody passed over for a reason. That's well, if he doesn't start, he's not here. They're, they yeah, didn't invest a lot true. of money. They'll let him cut him loose, just like they did with you know Albert Hainsworth. Just cut him loose. They were done here. Uh, but the the Subway TV commercial with Belichick. We'll get higher ratings in the Red Sox games than the Red Sox yeah. against the Yankees. The, the Subway commercial will be the most anticipated non-game of the of the summer of the fall. I'm looking forward to it, but uh, we'll see. I'm going to predict it's a nice, uh, it's nice healthy of, turkey sub. Speaking of television commercials, by the way, listen to this. Uh, my buddy Tom Brady just released a new watch commercial. He, I think, he put it out on Instagram. My buddy was his body double for this commercial. Wow. Can you imagine being a single man going to the bar and saying, "I was just Tom Brady's body double"? I would have twenty-seven children. I would have twenty-seven children that I wouldn't know about. How many? Uh, how many scenes? How many scenes do you have to shoot where you need it a body all day? Double? It might have been two days. Yeah, yeah. So I had a friend who looked watch. <clears throat> I had a friend who looked like Scott Brocious in the early nineties, <laughs> and he used to wear a Brocious jersey and go out and hit on women and it worked you know so you know it whatever whatever it takes the i had another friend who looked like a hockey player and he used to carry the hockey card around and hit on women with the hockey card i don't know maybe times were different there my pork pie hat didn't do anything for me well, i think uh you could you know what you should do tonight you should go to some bars if there are any open ones near you 
Tell the girls your meatloaf. You know, sing a few verses of Paradise by the Dashboard Light. I think it would work for you, Shattuck. There's a certain generation, Jerry, where if I said I was John Candy's son, that that would be all I'd need to say. You know, they, yeah. well, you know, it's girls, it's, you'll find some stupid ones who will think John Candy is still alive. Tell them you're actually John Candy. <laughs> tell, them, tell them you're, I mean, you could be I'll, Sam Kennison. You could be John Candy. I'll you bring could be the John Uncle, Papa. You I'll could bring be, the Uncle Buck uh, VHS tape with me. Uh, <laughs> and say, want to see me? <laughs> uh, that is Tom Shattuck. He is uh, editor, media critic, and host of the Burn Barrel podcast. Hi, uh, Shattuck. Good job today. We will talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Um, thanks to Shea Concrete and Allied Paving at DCU. And uh, who else we got to thank here? Raycon. We got to thank Raycon. Somebody, Raycon, yes. Somebody just Raycon. alerted to me, uh, one of our loyal listeners, Joe, out there. Hates Shattuck, hates Mute, hates Turtle Boy, loves Alex Raymer. Uh, he just said that the headphones are sold out at Raycon. And Ooh. I have to attribute that solely to Jerry Callahan. Yes. I don't think I it's do. Drake. I don't I mean, think it's uh, Snoop Dogg. I think it's I think it's Jerry Callahan. I believe in all the products we endorse, but I really believe in these because I wear you know I everything I do I have my headphones on. I'm you know whether I'm running or walking the dog or just hanging out. I have my Raycon headphones and uh, I love them. So check them out. Thanks to Raycon and thanks to everybody for listening and to reviewing and rating. Good job, Colinane. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we'll we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.